0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Board Guy Rambles into Phone. This week's episode brought to you by a strange burning smell that I hope is not a si- uh, sign of more bad things to come with this car. Anyways, uh, it's come to my attention that today is the one-year anniversary of Hell in a Cell 2019, and also, that also means two days from now, uh, is the t- one-year anniversary of this podcast by date but technically today is the one year anniversary of me actually doing it if you just represent which date it is of the week it was the wednesday a.m like 1 a.m i don't know what time in the morning it was but it was wednesday the 9th last year of october uh so obviously that's the ninth is this friday but it's about to be Wednesday, the 7th. It's 11 o'clock. I'm doing this early. Uh, but it's basically the same day that I recorded my first podcast way back when, a year ago. I know it feels like more than a year because, well, you know. But it has only been a year, as weird as that seems, since the show that pissed me off so much that I started a podcast for some reason. One show pissed me off so much. I wrote a really long blog. A different show pissed me off so much that I started a podcast and it lasted for a year. I don't know how it lasted for a year. I didn't think it was going to make it past three. Like I thought I was going to make like three to seven episodes and I'd forget about it. Nope. Uh, Here we are a year later. It's, not exactly weekly, but it's pretty much weekly. Because uh, I've, run, I've run out of things to talk about on a weekly basis. Uh, if there if there's not a pay-per-view to do predictions for or uh, do a review for, it can be difficult to have stuff to talk about mo- once a week for me that isn't the same stuff over and over again. However, uh, I'm... If I didn't know that this was go- going to be my one-year anniversary show, this probably would have been a rather short show, just reviewing TakeOver 31. But since this is my year anniversary podcast, it couldn't just be a 10-minute review of that show, because it, it's it's a, it's a year anniversary. It has to be better than that. Uh, so... We are doing a Q&A again, which seems, it seems I'm doing a QA and a like every three months, which is fine. Seems about the the correct spacing for them. Uh, Abel has sent me 30 questions. I did not have question. This was kind of, this is more impromptu than the last one. Uh, so, but it's kind of fitting because Abel is my only listener think which i should say thank you listener for listening to my podcast for a year uh without you this podcast would still exist because if it still exists with one listener it would still exist with zero let's be real uh it's not like this podcast is going anywhere uh or being listened by more than one person besides me for fun uh but yeah, uh, it's maybe I, sh- I guess a year later, uh, it's been a year since Hell in a Cell 2019, and I haven't watched that, anything from that show since that night. I don't know if I've even watched Sasha versus Becky again, even though I maintain it was an excellent match, and it is no matter what anyone says about it. It just Sasha should have won, end of story. Uh, the match was great. End of story. Uh, Obviously, the Seth vs. the Fiend shit was terrible, and I will never watch that again. Uh, I might have watched Sasha vs. Becky one more time. I just don't remember. I mean, again, pandemic time. Uh, So, you'll have to excuse me if I don't remember. There's, I mean, everyone has an excuse for that. Uh, And we might be... uh, on on the way to another Sasha versus somebody Hell in a Cell match in the near future. Uh, so, one that she'll probably win. But we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't watched anything else on that show. I still haven't watched anything back on that show. And I don't think I'm. Um, I'll watch the Hell in a Cell match, uh, the Sasha Becky Cell match at some point, but. Again, but other than that, eh. Yeah, so let's talk about TakeOver 31 for a little bit before I get into the Q&A. We're not going to talk about it for very long, but I do have to talk about it since it happened. Um, Overall, I guess the show was about as good as it could have been. Uh, I don't think it was an amazing show or anything, but given the card that we had, I guess it's as good as we could have expected it to be. Uh, it started with uh, Damien Priest defending against Johnny Gargano. First off, they were in a new place. It wasn't the Thunderdome, but it was their version of the Thunderdome. Basically, they called it the Capital Wrestling Center, whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. It's supposed to be something with their history. I have no idea what it is, because... I don't know their history enough to care. Uh, and there were actual fans in the crowd for some reason. I don't understand. The pandemic is not over. So there shouldn't be fans in the crowd. No amount of whatever you say will make that okay. There should not be fans in the crowd, end of story. Um the ma- this match... It was fine. It was a solid match. I I got really nothing to say about it. Damien Priest retained. I mean, there's a reason I made sure to have other stuff to talk about on the show, in this episode for a year anniversary, because I do not have much to talk about except for maybe two of the matches. Uh, Kushida versus Fire Velveteen Dream, I did not watch. I don't have a review of it, because I did not watch it. I turned the... I, mean, I turned the TV to the Chicago Bears failing to ex- be a worthwhile team, I guess. Not that I even watch football. I just know that the Bears suck. Uh, yeah. Um, they were 3-0, and and all the three wins were like the other team failing, and failing more than they were failing. So, yeah, now they're 3-1 because they've faced a team that didn't fail. Uh, anyways. Yeah, I'm not it, I'm not watching a match with a, a, a freaking pedophile in it that they refuse to have investigated and do anything about. Fuck that. Fuck everything about Triple H's comments before it. It's not immaturity. It's just it's not immaturity. It's uh called he's a fucking pedophile. Investigate him. Do something. Dumbass. Uh Some weirdos were saying, I mean, Kushida won apparently, good for him. I don't really like Kushida either, but I don't have any problems with Kushida. I just don't care for him whatsoever. I I suppose it's nice that he got on a takeover for the people who are fans of him. It's a shame that he faced who he faced, uh, because that's basically going to make it a nothing- no one's gonna. No one's even gonna think of this match for anything besides they that NXT decided to platform a pedophile. I, I'm sorry. And also apparently, Velveteen Dream dressed as Doc Brown. So there's that. Uh, a character that's old that befriends a young person. So that's on the nose. Anyways, not that Doc Brown's a pedophile or anything like that. That's a, that's not the same thing. But. It's still a strange choice. I know Kushida is supposed to be uh, in, like, in love with Back to the Future or something, but still. Uh, I, Kushida went to like break his arm or something. So weirdos were writing, oh, Kushida turned heel by trying to break Velveteen Dream's arm. It's like, no, trying to break a sexual predator's arm is not a heel maneuver. That's a face maneuver. Good guys do that. That's a good thing. That was the ultimate face maneuver, dumbasses. Learn your place. Or learn what's going on. That was not a heel maneuver. You know, It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, the best match on the show, by far, was Santos Escobar defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Isaiah Swerve Scott, as we all knew it would be. I mean, it's Killshot versus Cuerno from Lucha Underground, and they had excellent matches there. And they are both excellent wrestlers. It was an amazing match, definitely. Uh, If you're only going to watch one match from the show, go watch this this match, uh, definitely. Uh, I the Ashanti Adonis guy, I don't know much about him. He was Leon Ruff. I don't really know why he's the one who came in to help Swerve. You would think it would be fashion police, but it wasn't, so that was weird. Uh, but I guess whatever works. Uh, still, I was a little surprised that Swerve didn't win. Uh, I was sad about it, to be honest. Uh, they, they need to have they need to continue feuding. I know this is at least their second match, but they need to continue feuding. Uh, cause I mean, it wasn't even a clean win cause they pushed him into like an exposed steel, uh, Escobar did. So yeah, it's, it wasn't the clean win. So he should get a rematch and he should win the, the title on the next show, the next one. Uh, I, I'm afraid that they're going to now go to, uh, Escobar versus Kushida, which is the wrong move. Uh, yeah, but great match. Probably a match of the year contender. I don't know if... Some, as not, probably not a match of the year, but probably a match of the year contender at the very least. Uh... Yeah. So... I feel like there was so, supposed to be something after this that I meant to mention, but... Uh, Io Shirai defended the, the NXT Women's Championship against Candice LeRae. It was fine. Uh... Didn't need the rough bumps. Didn't need those. Uh, Bought on par with their other match that they had at the TakeOver last year, but... Yeah, didn't it didn't need the rough bumps. More importantly, uh, Tony Storm is coming to NXT. To regular NXT, not NXT UK. Uh, she was shown on the screen after the match was over. And then the the vignette that's been going immediately happened after this, and it was Ember Moon. Ember Moon was about the best person it could have been, let's be perfectly honest. Uh, it had to be someone who's been in NXT before, and you obviously it's not gonna be like a Seth Roll it's not gonna be Seth Rollins or somebody on that level, so it has to be like like right below that. The best name it could have been was Ember Moon. By far. I mean when you think of other names... I mean, sure, Chad Gable would have been nice, I guess, but it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been excited to me that much. I mean uh I mean, again, people were saying it was Bo Dallas. Why the fuck would it be Bo Dallas? And why the fuck would you want it to be Bo Dallas? Bo Dallas is irrelevant. And, like, that would be the most pointless return I... Maybe I've ever... One of the most pointless returns I've ever seen. It's Bo Dallas. Come on. (sighs) Sorry. Uh, Like, it... I mean, there's a few other people I would have liked it to have been, but it wouldn't have been them. Like, I would have, li- I would have liked maybe it to be Alistair Black, but it wasn't going to be him. He's busy doing things with Kevin Owens and stuff, but he's been wasted on the main roster. Uh, would have been nice if it was Andrade, but of course it wasn't going to be him either. Uh, would have been nice if it was Ricochet, because he's doing nothing whatsoever, and he's being completely wasted. Uh, but again, it was, uh, again, that would have been if it was a male talent that was coming back and not a female talent. Uh, I mean, you know, this, this could have been something like way worse. It could have been like Lars Sullivan and, or like one of the Forgotten Sons. Don't want that to happen. Fuck no. So yeah, Ember is definitely the best choice for it to have been. That wasn't, like, a name that was bigger than that, which it wasn't going to be. So I'm happy both of them are back in NXT because Ember got pretty much wasted on the main roster. And I'm glad... First and foremost, I'm glad she's back from her injury. That... Very happy to see that. Uh, Happy to see Tony Storm, too. Honestly, I... Like, I... Obviously, I know who Tony Storm is very well, obviously, obviously, but I can't say I've really seen a lot of Tony Storm matches besides what she's done in the NYC and she's only been in regular NXT, just like a very, very small amount. And I've seen her two UK takeover matches. That's about really all I've seen of Tony Storm. So this will actually probably be the most of when she finally show shows up because, I mean, she was only on the screen. Uh, this will probably be the most actual exposure to Sony Storm I've actually ever had. So, uh, that'll be cool uh, to actually get to see her more than just, like, a couple of matches. So, I, I don't watch NXT UK. I've watched their takeovers because they're, I mean... They were takeovers. They were one show. I don't watch it on a weekly basis, and I couldn't bother to care. So, uh, moving on. Uh, excuse me, someone's passing me. Okay, someone's here. That was weird. Sorry. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Final match was Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT World Championship. And it was a great match. It was the second-best match on the show, definitely. A little long. Uh, It got me to root for Kyle O'Reilly, but, I mean, I knew he wasn't going to win. Uh, Both Finn and uh, Kyle were bleeding from the mouth by the end of this match. Uh, Kyle, I think, uh, it was reported that Kyle, like, broke a few teeth and Finn was getting checked for facial fractures. So uh hopefully they're both going to be okay. Uh, but yeah, it was a really, it was a really fun match. I feel like Finn should have won with the 1916 DDT. Not, I mean, like I know he hit it, but he like, he hit the reverse version or, or like uh the inverted version. I feel like he should have won with the regular version or I guess if the inverted one is the regular what you get the point. Uh, Cause I mean, Kyle was just like completely wrecked his legs or Finn's legs. I, and he did two double stomps from the standing position or and I really, I don't really know if he should have, should have won with the coup de gras from the top rope. I'm just like, your legs hurt, dude. I just, I just, I don't think so, but that's really my only complaint again. I mean, uh, Cruz title was better than this, not by too much, but it was better probably cause I was invested in that. I wasn't super invested in this cause I mean, it was kind of a random opponent and like I'm invested to the point where I I'm, I'm sure this will be a good match, but I know who's going to win this. Uh, yeah, uh, shook his hand after it, and they should have just ended the show there. They should have, but for some reason, we after they're shaking hands, they cut to the crowd, and there's random guy holding Adam Adam Cole over his shoulder because he beat him up, and I don't know who the fuck this guy was at the time. I thought I thought it was Pat McAfee. I'm like, why the fuck is Pat McAfee back and they're ending the show with this? I'm like, apparently it was Ridge Holland. Who the fuck cares about Ridge Holland? It's not me. I'm not sure I know anyone who cares about Ridge Holland. What the fuck was the point of this? So everyone just. The rest of Undisputed Era came out and they just, like, crowded around him to see if he was okay and asked what happened while well, Ridge Holland just walked off and was like, why? Like, what was the fucking point? You're trying to make a big story out of this. No one's gonna care about this. Like people thought, Undisputed Era was gonna break up out of this show, uh, out of this match. And what happened was Ridge Holland attacked Adam Cole. No one cares. Not that I particularly care about Undisputed Era breaking up at this particular at this particular point or anything. Uh, I mean, person like that doesn't really mean much to me. But at the moment, but I mean, I take that over whatever the fuck this is supposed to be. Because really, really, who cares? Ridge Holland has barely been on the show. Like, I want to say he showed up maybe three times, if that. He was in that one triple threat match to get it uh, to try to get into the NXT title. Uh, North American title ladder match at takeover 30. And then I guess he was in the one, unless he got pinned, he was in the match, the one-on-one match and then lost that. But I think he showed up one other time, maybe, maybe one other time after that too, but really what was the point? If this is supposed to draw me in for NXT tomorrow, it's not gonna, I mean, I'm, I mean, that's not what's driving me to watch NXT and these days there's not much driving me to watch NXT uh, although the women's division just got way better uh, though Tony and Ember going to the NXT women's division was sorely needed uh, but yeah uh, so that is take over 31 I'm going to save this recording here before I start the Q&A part of this podcast just so I have an ample amount of time to talk about that. All right. It is time for the Q and a part of this podcast. We have 30 questions from Abel. Unfortunately, no one else could come up with anything, I guess. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a super long episode. I don't think it's going to be as long as the other two. Uh, it could be. I could be saying that now and then I could talk longer than I thought I was going to, but looking at these questions I don't think it's going to take a ton of time to answer all of these. So, the first question was changed from what are your five things you don't like Alexa Bliss to what are three things that you like about Alexa Bliss, and Cause I said that, cause I said I'm like, why do I need to do a five things I don't like about Alexa Bliss when I already have an entire episode about her title run, dissecting it month by month? Why do I need this? I mean, I guess there's some more things, but like I, I just, I don't feel like that was necessary. So, what are three things I like about Alexa Bliss? That's a different story. What are three things? I'm struggling to think of something. I, I like that she's not Charlotte. I like that she's not Nia Jax. Uh, that's two things. Uh, I like that she's. I. I guess I like that she's. She looks better in comparison when Nikki Cross is near her. I guess. Uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. (laughs) I I don't really have anything that I I actually like. Just like that she's better than these people by comparison. Uh, here's a legitimate question. Question number two, how will the Alexa Bliss Bray Wyatt storyline, the first three questions have a lot of Alexa Bliss involvement. Uh, how will this storyline be resolved? That's a good question. Cause honestly, I don't know. I really don't like, first off, are they going to both stay on raw? Or they both or are they both stay on SmackDown. They're going to both go to raw. Cause we got the draft coming up. We'll talk about that later. Uh, I really don't know where this can go because, I mean, it's something, but they can't win titles together because there's no intergender tag titles, unless you're going to create that, which you're not going to, because Mattel, and is it going to lead to something that benefits one over the other? Because right now, it's just kind of a sideshow. It's going to lead to a Bliss versus Nikki match at some point in the near future. So that leads me to believe that, no, they they are not leaving SmackDown. Uh, I don't think it's leading... It's not leading to Alexa winning the title. She might get a title shot, maybe, but she's not winning the title. Plus, we got Carmella coming in as a heel now for some reason. So... It's... It's really hard to tell, because neither of them are going to hold the title anytime soon, at least on SmackDown. They'd have to both go to Raw for them to even have a shot And even then. Even then, that's not really going to work. Because... Realistically, like, we all have our ideas of where the titles are going on both shows right now. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know what the end game for Asuka is, but I guess I could see that happening over there. Like, I not that Asuka should be losing to Alexa Bliss or anything like that, because that would be dumb. But it'd be more likely that her... Winning the title on SmackDown because the SmackDown Women's title is busy and will be for the foreseeable future. So I don't really have much of an answer, but if they're if it's going to end with any of them getting titles or title shots, it's probably going to have to be on Raw. So yeah. The third question is, would you rather Alexa Bliss get a 365-day title run, or Sasha Banks never be able to successfully defend her title? This is also another kind of pointless question, because Alexa Bliss has basically had a 365-day title run. It was interrupted a little bit, but it basically happened. She was basically a champion for 507 days, basically straight, uh, with a couple... There's two, like, 30-day breaks in there, and there's a seven-day break in there once. But she pretty much had the title for 507 days in a row. She's already had a 365-day title run, even if it was broken up. So that's already happened. And Sasha, to never be able to successfully defend her title... I mean, once she wins the SmackDown Women's title, unless she wins it on Friday and then loses it in a a Hell in a Cell match for whatever reason, which I don't even think is going to happen... Not that way, and we at least once she wins the SmackDown Women's title from Bailey, it's over. Once when, when she wins, once she beats Bailey and wins the SmackDown Women's Championship, it's over. The second, that's over. You got to remember, I wrote like I've written an entire blog about Sasha versus Bailey, and as long as she wins the title, like the only way. It's not over the second she wins the SmackDown Women's Title. As if she doesn't win it from Bailey one on one, and like if she were to win it in the Elimination Chamber or something, by not pinning Bailey and beating someone else afterwards, that's specific things have to happen for that to be the way that that ha- that happens. But again, her inability to retain a, a singles championship is because she has not beaten Bailey one on one. In over five years, she has not beaten Bailey one on one since before Brooklyn. Brooklyn is the, the she has not defended a singles title in a what at all successfully since before Brooklyn either. These coincide. She has an inferiority complex, and until she can beat Bailey one on one, she can't defend the title successfully because in her head she's not better than Bailey and it's going to take beating Bailey one on one once for her to be for that to go away and the second she beats Bailey one on one it's over i don't i don't have any worry about her her beating Bailey and then losing again the first time that's not going to happen other people apparently are still worried about this but i am not concerned like i had a whole conversation with with the about this just last night with several people in Discord. So, I'm not concerned about this. The second she meets Bailey and wins the SmackDown title, uh, it's over. And you don't have to worry about it. And also, let's also keep in mind now, now, again, while I'm not concerned, her defending the title once successfully isn't enough anymore. Uh, Them... They acknowledge the fact that she can't defend her title. Obviously, we know that that's her defending a title is kayfabe, is, is something that it, is booking. They obviously decide that. Obviously, we know that. So they acknowledge that. So to like, that's to the average viewers or whatever, and so, oh, she's bad at that, but to us, well, we just know that that's booking, so when she successfully defends the title, that's great and all, but she has to defend it one more time after that, at least, she has to defend her title twice, and not, to, not against jobbers, actually defend it against actual people on pay-per-view, she has to defend it at least twice. Because them doing it once is them acknowledging the fact that, hey, she's never done this before. Hey, you did it. So, and the, then they're going to be like, they can't be, they can't have her lose it on the next one. Cause then it's just like, Hey, we acknowledge the fact that we fucked her over. So we did this. It's like, that's no longer a thing. We can just move on now. No, Th- that would just be trolling. She has to defend the title at least twice. And realistically, she needs to hold the title for at least six months. I don't need a year-long title reign or anything like that. I don't need her to break Bailey's record or anything like that. Just a legitimate, like six-month title reign. It's fine. Give or take a few months, whatever. She has to te- she has to defend the title successfully at least twice. Has to be about six months at least. It does. Not that I wouldn't take a year-long title run. I'm not going to pretend I won't take that, but uh, I don't need that. I don't need that to be happy. It's fine. And as long as she loses to the right person, those are the only stipulations on the title run. Uh, a lot. We'll get. We're going to get into this more later. So, because he asked a different question about how I would book things, we'll get into this more later. So we're not spending all the time on this question right now. Uh, so let's move on to the rest of the questions. once us say, I guess it's this image, anyways. Uh, so it's like a cold here. four. What are the matches you want to see at Survivor Series? Well, first off, to do, we don't even know if nxt is going to be involved in it so i'm going to assume it's not going to be because right now it kind of feels like it's not going to be although i don't feel like that's a good idea because i feel like once you do involve nxt you kind of need to continue to involve nxt uh Some people are saying that it's not gonna be Raw versus SmackDown, but I'm like, how are you not going to do that? That's what you've been doing for years. Like they're gonna do like Raw versus Team Raw, Raw versus Retribution. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't care about that so much. So why would I even want to see that? Uh, I will say, they better tread lightly with uh, Mustafa as the leader of Retribution and not go into it a territory that it needs to not go. Uh, it it could be very good, and I'm hoping it will be, uh, but it could go a direction it shouldn't, and given WWE's track record, I am nervous about it, but we'll have to see. Anyways, uh, it's hard to pick matches that you would have for like five on five matches. So I'm going to just do the champion matches and it's hard for me to see them doing anything different. Like I don't, okay. So we got Roman versus Jay and a Hell in a Cell match coming up. Roman's not, I mean, Roman's not losing obviously. And I don't think Randy's going to be true. So we're probably getting Roman versus Drew. Uh, We might get Roman versus Drew versus Finn if it's with NXT. Uh, We're going to get Sasha or Bayley against Asuka again. So in that instance, I'm hoping he was involved. So I guess I'm hoping NXT is involved because... We've seen Sasha versus or Bailey versus Oscar several times now in the past few months, and we don't really need it again one on one. So let's hope EO is involved. Now I'm get I'm thinking it'll be Sasha, so it'll probably be Sasha versus Oscar versus EO, which I mean match of the year. Anyways, uh, I see we got Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley. Oh, fuck. Y'all remember what happened the last time, right? Unless Sammy loses by then, which I hope not. Uh, You remember the last time we got Sammy Zane versus Bobby Lashley, right? Sammy Zane was out for a year. Uh, uh. Uh, You could have Damian Priest in there, maybe. That might be interesting, I guess. I don't know. That would be a strange match. Uh, let's see. Tag titles Fashion Police versus Street Profits versus Shinsuke and Cesaro is a thing, but we just had Shinsuke and Cesaro versus Street Profits anyway. So. Yeah, it's it's gonna Survivor Series is gonna be weird. I don't I don't know. Will WWE wrestlers ever form a union? This is not the next question. I'm lying. Uh, What are the matches you want to see at WrestleMania? Well, I've got a I've got a list of five matches I want to see at WrestleMania. I don't know if I can come up with any other ones. Uh, One of these is gonna answer another question later. So, uh, what matches do I want to see at WrestleMania? It's pretty simple. Roman Reigns versus Big E. Or Roman Reigns versus Keith Lee. One of the two. But I would prefer Big E. Uh, Keith Lee can win the title anytime now, as far as I'm concerned. uh, On Raw. But, yeah. That being said, I mean, I thought it would be Keith Lee... Like, some people are saying Keith Lee versus Dijakovic because he's the big guy in Retribution, but now the leader of Retribution is Mustafa Ali, so... I don't know. Uh, Mustafa Ali versus Keith Lee would be interesting. Uh, People are talking about Mustafa versus Kofi for some reason for for a title. It's like I I don't foresee how a title is going to end up on Mustafa Ali. I just don't see how that's going to happen. Unfortunately, uh, I just, I just don't see how that's going to happen. I mean, maybe he'll get the U.S. title, but yeah, I, I just don't see how he's going to end up with the WWE title anytime soon. Like I could see with a lot of help him beating Drew, I guess that could happen. I I just, I just don't know. Uh. But yeah, uh. I know. I want Keith Lee to be doing things that are more important than what he's doing right now. Like, he should be the champion already. If I'm perfectly honest. It feels like they, they brought him up, they had him beat Orton, and then he's just kind of been there. That's it. So, that sucks. Uh. I don't need to say Sasha versus Bailey here because you already know that. Uh, And. Oh, Asuka versus Bianca, obviously. Duh. And the other thing I want to see very much is Edge versus The Fiend in a Firefly Funhouse match. So, those are the matches I can immediately think of. The rest of it will have to work itself out, I guess. Uh, Six, will WWE wrestlers ever form a union? They should have already, and they probably won't, but they should. Uh, Seven, what are my Royal Rumble predictions? Uh, I don't really know, to be honest. Like, I mean, Sasha should be winning the Rumble but she's probably going to be the champion, so that's not going to happen. I mean, if Sasha's not the champion after Hell in a Cell, then she's winning the Rumble. However, I just think she will be. Uh, I know a lot of us are talking about Roman versus Big E. A lot of us are talking about that a lot of us want that. The thing is, I don't know if WWE is even thinking about that at all whatsoever. Like, I know a lot of us that we... Oh, and by a lot of us, I mean a group of people within our wrestling friend, fan, group, podcast, whatever, Twitter. A lot of us want that. I'm just, I just don't know if is on that page at all, and if that's even at all where they're even thinking about going. Like that's what we want, and we're we're putting that all over social media, but that does not mean that ha- that they have any plans of going that direction at all, just because they've been pushing Biggie as a singles pr- star right now and just at the beginning of doing so. Because we could very well be seeing Roman vs. The Rock at WrestleMania. Now, I don't really... I don't mind seeing that match. I just, that's just not... That's not a title match. I don't... Roman vs. The Rock can... That can happen. Just not for the title at WrestleMania. So... If I'm book like obviously if I'm picking the winners I'm picking Sasha and Biggie to win. I just I don't know if that's going to happen. I I'm not trying to think of surprise entrance or anything like that. Although what I will say is before they did all this Thunderdome shit and they were still doing cinematic matches which they should still be doing cinematic matches sometimes guys uh which they aren't anymore. They haven't since the Swamp match, I think. I still want cinematic matches, and I honestly wanted them to make the Royal Rumble a cinematic match in some fashion. They just won't, because now they have arenas to do it in. But I want to see them try to make the Royal Rumble into some cinematic thing, and I don't know exactly, like exactly what they would do but it would basically be like The Hunger Games, and then thirty, like obviously two people start, and then they'd hit, more people would join in at some point. And I don't, I don't know exactly how you do it. You'd have to work it out. But I wanted it, I wanted it to be a cinematic match. So, I, I, I just think that would be interesting. Anyways, uh. Yeah, that's, that's my Royal Rumble predictions. Uh, do you think AEW will ever top either Raw or SmackDown in viewership? <sighs> Tough to say, because Raw's viewership is terrible, and if it continues in that trend, I could see it beating Raw. SmackDown, like, I don't know, I mean, it's not impossible. It's just that their viewership will always be divided between them and NXT, whereas Raw and SmackDown are always on between wrestling fans and wrestling fans. Uh, I mean, they 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 aren't on opposed as uh, like other things like Monday Night Football or things like that. But as far as splitting the wrestling audience goes, is like they're not going to be splitting the wrestling audience. It's not impossible. And then they're going to be like, ah, we beat WWE in ratings, and they bigger shows. It's like, yeah, you really accomplished something. You really did. Your show still sucks. Nine, is Bailey the greatest women's champion in history? Hmm... Greatest SmackDown Women's Champion in history. Definitely. I know a lot of people think... I mean, a lot of people are going to say Becky's SmackDown Women's title run, which was, like, four months long, was the best of its run. But, I mean, it was four months. You do that for longer, okay. But it was four months. Uh... I mean, then again, Becky is the only actual, uh, competition for for the SmackDown title anyway. Uh, as far as in history goes, (laughs) maybe. There's definitely an argument to be made. Uh... I mean, how many people, like, we go back, be- like, we, before the revolution, we could go back. she, okay, she's better than Nikki Bello, obviously. She had a to- long title reign, obviously, that was bad. Uh, she's better than AJ. I love AJ, but she's definitely better than AJ. Uh,. can't even really pick anyone before that until all the way back to like 2002 ish like like literally you you go back before AJ Lee okay Mickey James she's better than Mickey James then you have to go back to Trish and Lita she's better than Trish definitely Trisha's very, very overrated. Uh, she's, she's better than Lita. Sorry. And I I mean, I can't even go beyond that further back, but I mean, she's, yeah. I mean, she's definitely one of them. She's If she's not the top, if she's not the best women's champion of all time, she's in the top five, and it's her and her and Becky, and then, I mean, Sasha should be there. She's not. Oscar's there. Uh, I mean, then I guess you'd have to put Lita there, and then you could probably put AJ there yeah that's that's those are the top five I guess not in any specific order uh ten who has had the best year in wrestling so far uh, coronavirus uh I mean it has to be Bailey again we're going if we're going WWE it has to be bayley. It's bayley or Oscar. Like one of those two is getting superstar of the year and it's probably going to be bayley. Uh yeah. 11 Who would you attend a wrestling show today, or would you wait for a vaccine first? Wait for a vaccine first, obviously. Uh, Twelve. who is a well? It was. Who are, are you more excited for NXT, Ember Moon or Tony Storm? But it's since I already talked about that in the review part of this podcast. It is instead uh, who who has a better chance of defeating Io Shirai for the, the NXT Women's Championship and. I would have to say probably Tony Storm, because I think Ember Moon is gonna have the first shot and since they both interacted with EO on takeover the first person's not winning. More than likely. So uh more I this also not saying that Tony Storm will defeat Eo, but she has the better chance of winning, I think. 13. Which wrestler from Stardom do you think would have the best shot at succeeding in WWE? I want to... Like, hmm. I've only been watching Stardom for a little over a month. Really. So I'm still getting used to people and still having to remember exactly who everyone is, what everyone does. And like my answer right now is going to be Jamie Hayter, but that's a cheat answer. Cause I think you're asking me which Japan, like a Japanese wrestler from stardom, not so, not a gaijin. Because I mean, I think that's an easy answer. Even though I haven't even really seen Jamie that much. Like, she hasn't even been there in the month that I've been there. Been watching. Because uh, she can't... Uh, unfortunately, she can't get into Japan right now because she's not a resident. I I've watched, like... I think I've seen, like, two matches of hers when I was first watching Stardom ten months ago. Uh, so... god it's it's a tough thing to it's a tough to, uh choice because well or it's tough to pick one because of how terribly they treat them in wwe and like asuka had to fight a lot to get to where she is and she could still be doing better than she is they treated Kyrie horribly EO's been doing fairly well in NXT, but if she comes up to the main roster, who knows? Like we know she's one of the best wrestlers in the world, but that that doesn't mean anything to people who, to to Vince McMahon. It doesn't matter to him. So Yeah, it's it's kinda difficult to pick Exactly. Uh Uh maybe Julia I mean Mayo's the easy answer. Mayo is probably the one you're expecting me to pick Konami Azami maybe. I don't know. Uh, Probably one of those. 14. What feud or match do you want to see with Edge in 2021? Well, I already told you, I want to see a Firefly Funhouse match with The Fiend. 15. Should WrestleMania stay a two-night event? Wouldn't bother me. Uh, If you're going to continue to put... 14 to 16 matches on WrestleMania, then yes. As long as you don't try to say that one night's main event is less important than the other one. Yeah, then yeah, that's fine. Uh, What do you think the main event of Wrestle Kingdom next year will be? Question 16. God, I have no idea. I mean, I'm expecting Okada to win the G1. That doesn't mean... Obviously, that doesn't mean he's going to. That's just what I think. So, obviously, I think it's just going to be Naito versus Okada again. That's... Now, I probably wouldn't... That probably wouldn't be my choice if I were to pick who would win. I would have Naito versus Suzuki. Suzuki because obviously and i would have suzuki win as much as i love naito i want suzuki to win the title uh i i wouldn't mind if naito won the g1 and he faced hirumu but i don't see them doing that on russell kingdom as much as i would like to see that match and i think they will do that match because i think they both want to do that match but i don't think that's going to happen on russell kingdom Uh, 17, what's the best non-Big Five, Big Five, pay-per-view of all time? What's the, what's the fifth one? Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Like, what's, what's the fifth one? I'm confused. Unless you're adding any money to the bank, but I don't think you are. So, I'm going to name a few, because I, I can't just name one. If I name one, it's obviously just going to be Money in the Bank 2011, because, duh. However, uh, we're going to throw in... so It can't be a SummerSlam, There's a... and it can't be a Survivor Series. So I have a number of Survivor Series and uh, SummerSlams that I like, so that leaves off a number of shows. Uh, Judgment Day 2009 is really good. Uh, Extreme Rules 2012... Uh I'm struggling to think of pay-per-views in recent memory like in the past few years like this is this is tough Uh Jesus But yeah, Judgment Day 2009 Extreme Rules 2012 I was at both of those shows. Uh, some of that backlash. Maybe not. I want to say Battleground 2016. But I can't remember the card for that completely. Whatever show that Shield Triple Threat match was on was a really good ma- was a pretty good show if i remember correctly NXC Takeover Brooklyn NXT Takeover our revolution if you consider those pay per views Elimination Chamber, 2009. 2009? Yeah, 2009. That's a really good show. Uh, Extreme Rules, 2009, is also pretty good, if I remember correctly. I mean, not... Uh, I don't know. I thought this would have been easier to figure out. Uh... Who is one wrestler that I would turn heel? Fuck. I don't know if there's someone I would turn heel. Um... Mm. One person. I really, really can't think of anyone that's a face right now that desperately needs to be a heel. We might come back to that because I can't think it's a uh, 19 Who is one wrestler that you would turn babyface? I was gonna say Aleister Black because he just turned heel and I don't know why but you know if they did that right they could actually do something so I don't think they're doing it right but if you did you could do that and it would and it would be good you just need to not do what they're currently doing we're going outside of WWE for this Evil. Turn him back to what he used to be. Enough of this bullet club bullshit. Put, take him out of the fucking bullet club. Just reverse everything you did with him. Put him back in LNJ. Make him back to being a freaking grim reaper. Because people liked him then. People are telling me they didn't like him then, but I, I they told, they said otherwise. So, I, I heard it with my own ears. Uh, uh, he should have never won those titles. He should never be in the bullet, been in the Bullet Club. He should never have p- random people helping him win matches. He was perfectly fine where he was. That was the perfect spot for him. He should have never won those titles. Not in 2020. I don't know. Maybe in X amount of years, if he was still, so like if he was still, I don't know how old he is. Uh, if he was still young enough to be a worthwhile champion, maybe, uh, but still probably never give him the world title, maybe an Intercontinental title, but you never should have done that. I realize you are trying to do something different or weird because of the pandemic probably, but you still shouldn't have done that. And... Now everyone hates him for whatever reason just because of a booking decision and it's only because of a booking decision. Nobody hate they I'm not saying people were in love with him before this, but the, nobody hated him before this. They they they're telling me that they hate him, but don't buy it not at all. When I heard completely opposite statements that contradict the f- people saying that they hate him now, they hate they hate him now because of a booking decision, which is not his fault. Now, every, everything else since then, like, again, he should have never won those belts, and he should not be whatever the fuck he is now. He should still be a goddamn Grim Reaper, because that was freaking cool. Uh, and that's that's exactly what he was. Uh, people are saying, nobody ever liked your signature office. is like, that's a bullshit lie. I've been an evil fan since I've seen him. So that's a lie. And same you're telling me that oh i never liked him uh oh i tolerated him uh but you're tell you said a few days like when i i hear this but you said you say a few days ago how this guy used to be in roh he was uh w- w- watanabe in roh and he looked like he's a japanese wrestler but he never wrestled like a japanese wrestler and like he came here and he never did anything and it's like man this guy sucks it's like yeah and before this you said the exact same thing about him being in ROH man this guy was in ROH he was Watanabe and they didn't really do anything with him he was now look at him look at him now man this guy is cool like yeah sure yeah these statements they don't line up and I I know I've heard these statements from the exact same people so and oh I don't see what anyone can see in Watanabe I was like First off, his name is Evil. Call him by his name. Anyways. Just put him back to where he was, and let's just forget this all happened, because it's getting on my nerves. 20. What? What's your stance on blood and wrestling? Um... If it happens, it happens. Like I don't need them to cut themselves open. Uh like I don't need them spewing blood all over their faces. Like I real sometimes I feel like sometimes I feel like it's necessary, but not all times. Like not in excess. Not in the middle of a pandemic. It's much... uh, Let's not do that during the middle of a pandemic. uh, Mind you. Uh, Now, they don't need to cut themselves open. Uh, In certain instances, it can add to a match. When it's called for, okay. But not in the ways that we've seen it used in the past, where it's all the fucking time... Blade jobs, bleeding all over the fucking place, Rick, all over Ric Flair's hair. It's not necessary. Like, when it's called for, okay, and it adds to a match, okay. Uh, as far, like, that, that's, but I don't need it. Like, I could never see blood again from a blade job, and it wouldn't bother me. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to watch wrestling because, oh, they hit each other with chairs and barbed wire. Okay, so first off, if you do use barbed wire on someone, they do need to bleed. Because it needs to be believable. You can't use barbed wire on someone they can, and then have them not bleed. You, you So if you're going to use barbed wire or something like that, they do need to bleed. But I'm not someone in here, like, I'm not... I started watching a little after the Attitude Era. I don't consider 2001 to be the Attitude Era. But it was close to it. I don't need excessive violence. I don't need all of that. I don't need blood. It's not what made wrestling really good. Wrestling is really good when you have good good workers telling a good story and a good part of a good storyline. I don't need blood. I don't need all these weapons. Like, I mean, if you're going to do a weapons match, we do a weapons match and you need to do it well. But uh, I only need blood when it's called for. Now, if they get busted open by accident, they get busted open by accident. That doesn't bother me. It is what it is. I if it's an accident, the refs need to not be cleaning them up. Unless it's, like, awful and they can't continue. But, like, if it happens, it happens. Shit happens. It's wrestling. It's a physical sport. Like, if if they start to bleed, they start to bleed. I mean, Finn and Kyle O'Reilly were just bleeding from their mouths at the end of that match. Uh, But we don't need people gushing blood all over the place from blade jobs. That, I don't... I don't need that. So, again, if one of them happens to start bleeding and it's not so awful that they literally can't continue, let it go. That, I mean, if someone legitimately starts bleeding and it's not a blade job, well, that can, that that can't take away from a match. That's, I mean, if anything's real, that's real. So, Twenty-two, or twenty-one. What is the most ridiculous wrestling take you have ever heard? Jesus. Wrestling Twitter exists. Just go on wrestling Twitter. You'll hear a ridiculous... You'll see a ridiculous take all the time. I... I struggle to think of what the one the most ridiculous take I've ever heard could be. Because... There's so many ridiculous ones. I can't think of that off the top of my head. Just go on Wrestling Twitter and look for a wrestling take. Uh... 22. What would you do with the men's Money in the Bank briefcase hell that is currently held by Otis? Well, I'd put it on John Morrison instead. 23. What wrestler has the best worked punches? I don't fucking know. I don't watch wrestlers to find out what their worked punches look like. 24. What are the top three most underutilized wrestlers in the WWE today? The answer is still Bianca Belair. Alistair Black and Andrade. Twenty-five was if CM Punk returned for one more match, who would you want him to face? But I am a hundred percent positive. I answered that in my last Q and A, and I'm pretty positive my answer was Alistair Black. So the this question is actually, who are your? Uh, favorite people in stardom at the moment now that i've started to watch it my favorite person in stardom right now is himeka uh but basically everyone else that i mentioned uh in the in the previous stardom question uh is on there Azumi, Konami, uh julia mayu uh sayakamitani Death. Tam. Natsu. I mean, the only ones I don't real, Like, really the only ones I don't care for are Natsuko and, uh... The other Saya. Those are the only two I don't... I really don't care for. Uh... But yeah, those. Let's see. Yeah, those are the ones that immediately come to mind. I'm probably missing a couple here. Uh, We'll move on. Uh, 26. What are the top three Eddie Guerrero dream matches that never happened? Well, one is Shawn Michaels cuz he was supposed to face Shawn, he was going to face Shawn Michaels at Wrestlemania 22 if he hadn't passed, now I would have seen that live. I would have seen Shawn Michaels versus Eddie Guerrero. I'm just saying. Uh other two that we haven't seen how long would he have wrestled for because he passed in 2005 would he like what would he have made it to daniel bryan and cm punk Because those would probably be my answers if he made it that long. 27. What is your favorite year in WWE history? Uh, I don't know if I can say a specific year. I like 2000. I like when I started watching wrestling till about WrestleMania 21. So from like mid mid-2001 to maybe Vengeance 2005, so I like that, like, that's my nostalgia years, that I, that even though there certainly problems with those years, too, those are the years that I started watching wrestling, we'll always love everything involved in it, uh, outside of things that are obviously problems, anyways, uh, I really like 2006. Uh, I like the latter half of 2007. I think I like 2008. 2009 was bad. Two, the start of 2010 was really good. The first six months, but then it died. Uh, it was terrible until the summer of punk in 2011. 2012 was pretty good, if for nothing else, because, I mean, CM Punk was champion the whole year. Uh, summer of 2013 was good. Start of 2014 was good. The end of it was good with NXT, but that's... There's probably a gap in the middle there. 2015 is pretty good. 2016 is probably good. And the last few years is all kind of a blur of problems. Uh, 28. If you were Josh from Drake and Josh and Mindy told you she loved you for the first time, what would you say? I don't know. Probably see you in math. Uh, I'm going to pause here, because it's at 52 minutes, and I have two questions left. Don't want to run over. All right, final two questions of the Q&A. One second. Went to a different message in Messenger. How would you book the Sasha vs. Bailey feud starting from this upcoming SmackDown to WrestleMania? Which I guess this question basically has to happen because this is the Sasha Ver- make Sasha vs. Bailey happen at WrestleMania podcast, and this is the year anniversary, so this question basically had to be asked. Hmm. I mean, there's. A number of ways to get there. There's a number of right ways. There's a number of wrong ways. I guess there's really only one right way. Uh, first off, now, this is not going to happen this way. The match is definitely... Personally, I wouldn't even have this match start on Friday. I would just have one attack the other. Probably Bailey attack Sasha like before the bell rings and just attack her and just beat her with a chair, or whatever. Uh to the point where they can't have the match on the on Friday. I would not have this match happen on Friday at all. I would just have it be one of them beating the shit out of each other, leading to the inevitable hell in a cell match. Because again, it's inevitable. Uh, what I think will happen is just uh, Bailey's just going to get disqualified because the match reeks of disqualification. Uh, I've heard some people say, Sasha's going to win on Friday and then she'll lose it back in Hell in a Cell. I'm like, no. That's... Why? No. That also kills my narrative, so no. No. Sasha's not winning on Friday. I don't think she's going... There's going... The match isn't going to happen like, like how I would have it. I'm pretty sure Bailey's just going to get disqualified. It's going to lead to Hell in a Cell, because that's inevitable. I don't know why we're having three Hell in a Cell matches, by the way. I really don't. I do not know why. I'm cool with Roman versus Jay happening again. I don't know why it's a Cell match. Uh, like. I'm at least happy Seth versus, uh Rey isn't happening in a cell. Because I thought that was going to happen. Anyways. Uh, I think Sasha's just going to win the title in Hell in a Cell. If we're perfectly honest. And I don't even know if we're going to get the match again at WrestleMania. I don't know if that's going to happen. I really don't. It's going to be the wrong move. The correct move is her winning the title at WrestleMania. It's always going—that's always going to be the 100% best move. But I'm—I feel like she's just going to win the title in Hell in a Cell, and I kind of feel like one might get drafted, and I don't know, like so I. If Bailey gets drafted, I mean she can't keep the belt over there. So that also telegraphs who wins. So I don't want I don't really want that either. Uh Sasha could get drafted, but I don't know. Uh, but I mean the correct way to do this is Sasha just gets re-injured in Helena in cell. She goes into the match hurt she doesn't win, and then she's out. Like, she could get drafted to Raw instead of being hurt, and then she can be so upset that she lost Hell in a Cell that her only way of getting the title is winning the Rumble, and then she does. And then she goes back to SmackDown and she challenges Bayley. But it, it, I think I think it's just flat out better if she's out. Until Royal Rumble returns in the Royal Rumble, wins the Royal Rumble, and that's it. Now, I I, I keep having to hear people say, "Oh, her, the big thing is her not being able to defend the title," and they want her to her first title successful title defense to be at WrestleMania. I'm like, no, that's not a bigger moment. That's 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 something that WWE manufactured with poor decisions. In any other situation, anyone else, the bigger moment is them winning the title at WrestleMania. But because they manufactured this scenario where Sasha has won titles, but she has never won, uh, kept a title after the first one, after winning it, because of that, that's that's a manufactured scenario created by WWE's bad booking from 2016 through 2017. And you can throw in the one with Asuka, but that doesn't count. Like, the more... Sasha was never retaining that title against Asuka. She was never going to, and it's not a problem, and it's they pointed they they pointed it out because they decided to, but that wasn't the thing she had to lose that belt the second she won that belt she was losing it on her first defense and I don't have a problem with it and I'm not it it does not bother me whatsoever it's not a it's not even a thing to me I still struggle with the fact that I'm not even sure I'm happy she won that belt I'm happy for her but it it still take. Stakes it still takes away from her winning the SmackDown title when she does, especially if she wins it in three weeks because she just had the raw belt. I it doesn't like that's a, ma- a manufactured scenario that shouldn't even be a thing. That will never mean more to me, like it never will, not once. It's like they're saying, oh. She's going to come back and she's going to get in the elimination chamber and she's going to win the title in the elimination chamber. Now she's not going to pin Bailey in the elimination chamber. Bailey's going to get pinned before the, before the last two people, which will be Sasha and whomever. And Sasha will pin the last person. Uh, or maybe Bailey will be in, won't even make the final three because whoever pins Bailey would probably be a face, but Sasha's going to be a face. If Sasha doesn't pin Bailey, well then you probably need another heel to take out the face that beat Bailey. So the Sasha would then have to beat that heel. So Bailey probably wouldn't even make the final three, which would be a shame to see her title reign go out like that. By the way, let's not let's not uh, let's not ignore that either. If her title reign made it to the elimination chamber and then she didn't even make the final three. Uh, and then Sasha would then face Bailey because Bailey was the champion, and she didn't pin or submit Bailey in that match. So obviously that's how it, that would happen, and then Sasha would win at WrestleMania, and it would be a, her first successful title defense. But that just doesn't mean more to me, and it's never going to. Like, I, I should. If I go into that match, and it's just like okay but she could have won, she could have finally beat Bayley for the first time since before Brooklyn and win her first match at WrestleMania and become a Grand Slam champion in one match. You do it the other way, you took the Grand Slam champion out of it. Sure, you put oh, she successfully defended a title, but... That doesn't mean anything to me, guys. It, so, I, I'm not... And I'm not even apologizing for it. It doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not that jaded to to think that once she beats Bailey, that she's going to lose it again. I'm not. They're not going to do that. First off, also, let's point out that when... She lost the Raw Women's title back to Asuka that Bayley specifically pointed out that she had a problem defending the Raw Women's Championship and not the Women's Championship in general. She said Raw in specific. This is a different belt. So that easily lets her off the hook on that. Also, again, I did not write a really long blog post alluding to the fact that her problem defending championships is everything to do with her inability to beat Bailey, for it not to mean that. So, the second she beats Bailey, Bayley is the second that's not a problem anymore. Now, if she did lose on her first defense after that, you can come back and say, I told you so. It's just not going to happen. Because I'm not worried about that. I'm not jaded about that. I don't even... The fact that she did... That happened with Asuka is not a problem to me. Because I'm not even sure that title... Like... That was not the plan. Like, originally... We're not planning on having... Five... Like, six months ago, they were not planning on having Sasha beat Asuka for a Raw Women's Championship. When Sasha was on SmackDown. They were planning on having Sasha beat bailey for the title at wrestlemania it just couldn't happen that way for other reasons and we went and then becky was still the raw women's champion and then she had to give it up because she uh she's pregnant obviously so obviously she's not on tv anymore like a lot of things has happened differently than they were going to six months ago none of this stuff that we're even talking about right now how would have ever happened this way. And before this Raw Women's title run that she had happened, I was 100% positive that the second she won the title from Bailey, she was not going to have that problem anymore. I was confident then. I'm confident now. And nothing you can say can shake that confidence. I'm not that jaded. I'm not. That was a three years ago thing. The Oscar thing is not, an, not even part of it because you cannot let as fun as it was. And as much as I'm happy that it happened and as much as they deserved to have them, you can't have them have three belts for an ex- for a long period of time. I don't have a problem that they did it. It's just they can't they can't sustain that for a long period of time. You do have to move forward. And they were and they couldn't have had Bailey lose the title to Oscar. That would have been dumb as fuck. No. So the the best thing that they can do is have her become more so injured in the hell in a cell match that she can't wrestle until January. And she comes back in the rumble and she wins the rumble. She wins the title WrestleMania. and That's it. That's the best way. Uh, could I see the other way happening that other people are talking about where she gets hurt, comes back, then gets in the chamber, wins the chamber. That happens. I could see that happening. I just don't, I don't see why they would do that. Uh, like, I feel like that's the least likely thing to happen honestly. Because, again, that's a many... The, uh, the, manu- the, the whole title not being able to retain a title thing is a manufactured scenario, basically, from through their bad booking. So now we're trying to manufacture a, a, another scenario where we fix the, the fact that this, manuf- the, this manufactured problem came th- that exists. If you, if you get what I mean. You're trying to now manufacture a scenario where you solve that manufactured problem. That's, that's more complicated than her just winning the Rumble and winning the title at Mania. That's more complicated. And quite frankly, I think she's just going to win the title at Hell in a Cell. In all honesty. But again, that's not the way I would do it. That's not the right way. I mean, the, the manufactured scenario people are trying to make is more of a right way than her just went into title at Hell in a Cell, but it still pales in comparison to just doing it the right way and making it simple. It's the simplest solution that makes the most sense. So just do that. If you want her, okay, here is the compromise. If you want her her first title defense, successful title defense, to happen at WrestleMania, here is the compromise. WrestleMania is two nights. She wins it from Bayley on the first night. She defends it successfully on the second night. There's your compromise, okay? Thumbs up. We'll do that. That solves the problems for everyone. Who does she defend against? Hell if I know. Not my problem. And finally, 30, what are your WWE draft predictions? Basically, everyone that's on Raw, that's being wasted, needs to move to SmackDown. Basically, so the first people that immediately let's let's go with men's division first. The first the two people on Raw in the men's division that immediately come to mind: Alistair Black, Ricochet, being completely wasted on Raw. Go to SmackDown. Uh, as far as people on SmackDown are concerned. Because Ross sucks, so basically let's remove. Uh, I don't know. Like this is what I, I don't know if it's predictions. This is just what I would do. Uh, not so much predictions, I guess. Let's see. Who do I not like on SmackDown? That I want to send over to Raw and not see again? Also, Andrade to SmackDown. Uh, let's see. Put Jeff Hardy on Raw. Put Corbin on Raw. That's all I can really think of. Uh, Hmm. feels like Braun's already on Raw. I would put The Fiend on Raw. Then again, Raw sucks. I don't know. I just don't feel... I feel like there's not much for The Fiend to do on SmackDown. Outside of the, whatever story he has with Alexa Bliss. I just don't feel like there's anything on SmackDown for him besides losing to Rowan. So I would send them to Raw. Freshen up who he faces. Uh, As far as women are concerned, Lacey Evans back to Raw. Nikki Cross to Raw. I want Bianca to be used better, so I kind of want to send her to SmackDown. But I also want her to face Oscar at WrestleMania, so that's I don't know. Riot squad to SmackDown. Uh Carmelo to Raw. Whatever the hell she's doing, fuck that. No. Uh That's about all I can think of right now. So, yeah, that's I'm gonna leave it at that. I mean, if any of those happen, I'd be surprised. Uh, yeah, so that's gonna be the end of the Q and A. Uh, guess it's probably an hour and a half, it's the longest episode I've done in a while. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed my answers. I still have nothing, no, I no, no answer for who I would turn heel. By the way, uh, so. Sorry about that. Uh, But yeah, hope you enjoyed the answers. I hope you enjoyed the review of TakeOver 31. Thank you to my listener for listening to my podcast. I would say listeners if there was more than one, but there isn't. Or if there are, they've never made themselves known. So, yeah. Anyways, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again sometime soon.